Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, a full-service intellectual property firm. This is Passage to Profit, a show about entrepreneurs, new businesses, and intellectual property. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. I work in the firm, but I'm not an attorney. I have my own business, which I will talk about later. We also have with us Kenya Gibson, who is our iHeart Media Maven. But we have amazing people. This is kind of a medical theme show today, but with very, very interesting stories and people. So I'm really excited about today's show. Prepare to get healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So on our agenda. Trademark terror. So (laughs) I'm trembling already. So there is a restaurant in Wisconsin named Goats on the Roof, and they wanted to trademark their name. And we'll get into their story in a little bit. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Well, almost to the Supreme Court. Almost to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rejected it, right? Right. Cert was denied. So for all of you Supreme Court aficionados, (laughs) if cert is denied, it means that somebody tried to get the court to hear the case, but they said, nah, we're not that interested in it. And they just decided to abide by the lower court's ruling. So this is really fun. There's these two guys in Wisconsin that have been friends forever. One of them owns a restaurant. His name is Al Johnson. And his friend, (laughs) Winky Larson, (laughs) um, that's not his real name, but he goes by Winky. (laughs) They exchange animals every birthday. So he decided to play a practical joke. So Winky managed to put a billy goat, horns and everything, under his arm and carry him up to the top of the roof. So when he got to the top of the restaurant with the goat as this practical joke, Goat was fine, but something happened with Winky and he flew off the roof and cracked some ribs. I think the goat kicked him. And honestly, if somebody picked me up and walked me up a ladder and put me on a roof, I'd be pretty mad too. But there's grass on top of the roof or thatch or something. So it's like kind of nice for the goat. So the goat actually really liked it up there. I guess. And so... (laughs) According to the goat. According to the goat. So they're like, hey, let's be marketing geniuses. Let's put goats on our roof. People will come from all over because they have a goat farm. I hope they have a really like well-insulated ceiling, you know, for the goat because we wouldn't want any goat stuff to get down into the restaurant park. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's pretty well protected. But if you go on YouTube, there are goats on the roof, the restaurant in Wisconsin. They have videos that are just adorable. They have baby goats. They they show their farm. It's really fun. One of these days, that'll be on my list, is to go to that Swedish restaurant in In Wisconsin. Door County, Wisconsin. But you forgot to talk about the legal part. Well, you get to talk about that. I'm not an attorney. Oh, okay. So there's this guy named Bank who took these people to court. They got a trademark, you know, as an IP attorney, of course, I would endorse that strategy. But this guy, Bank, for some reason decided that that trademark was improper. And so he sued the restaurant owners and filed a petition at the trademark office to have their trademark expunged. The reason for this, too, is that he felt that having goats on the roof was demeaning to the goats. And this is his legal argument, which unfortunately does not really come into play in any legal theory that I've ever heard of. And quite frankly, if you have goats that are on YouTube, how could that be demeaning? And actually, the goat owners, they are very sensitive and kind to the goats. You know, they bring them down off the roof every night and they rotate them and they get very well treated and they're famous. 
us. So Well, the goats follow them around like dogs. Yeah. If you watch their YouTube videos, the YouTube videos are adorable. If you're in the mood to see goats on the roof, you just check out their YouTube channel. So anyway, he worked it through the court system. He took it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And finally, I think the Supreme Court made a decision that just about everybody can agree with. They decided not to hear the case. So the uh, Supreme Court is very controversial sometimes. We all know that. But I think everybody can agree that having the Supreme Court review the goats on the roof case would not be the best use of their time. So, <laughs> so goats on the roof it is. So we can live happily on with goats on the roof. So let's move into IP in the news. It's really a cool story if you're a geeky scientist. Back when I was younger, I'm not going to say how old, one of our American geniuses was Buckminster Fuller. His real name was Richard Buckminster Fuller, but everybody knew him as Buckminster Fuller. And you may have heard of him. He was an architect, systems theorist, author, designer, inventor, and futurist. He invented the geodesic dome. You may be familiar with that. It's a bunch of geometric forms put together to make a dome, and people live in that and have. It's kind of the futuristic thing. So if I can just jump in here. So Buckminster Fuller was famous for coining the term spaceship Earth. So for example, if you've ever heard spaceship Earth, he was the one who coined that. And much to our detriment, he also coined the term synergy. So every time you hear the term synergy and you're sick of hearing that word, you can blame Buckminster Fuller. But he invented... I actually love that word synergy. I think I use it a lot. This would be so cool for a person, but very few of us get this honor. In 1985, Harold Croto at the University of Sussex, James R. Heath, Sean O'Brien, Robert Curl, and Richard Smalley from Rice University discovered a molecular geodesic dome kind of structure, and they named them fullerenes. There are a few different structures that fall under this class, but they actually named them Buckminster fullerenes after him. So he lives in the scientific world forever. So people call the most famous one buckyballs. So what's a buckyball? Ah, glad you asked. Buckyball, it's like a molecule that sort of has the shape of a soccer ball. And it's carbon atoms that form this soccer ball type shape. It's like a cage. They act as cages to contain different other chemicals. And so this is new technology. And so you could put like an antimicrobial agent in there. So antimicrobial agent is like a chemical substance that would either kill or repel bacteria or viruses. So of course, this is coming up now as a potential COVID treatment. And you could put these cages, these little buckyballs, as they're called them, into different materials. So you could put it into cloth, you could put it into plastic. So for this application that Kepley Labs is working on, they did a press release. So they have a registration number for their patent application, but it isn't public yet. But in the press release, they said that typical masks and garments keep you safe by repelling. They don't like water, so they repel the droplets. What they're working on actually attracts the droplets, and the droplets come in and are murdered. (laughs) 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 by the chemicals that are contained within these fullerenes that are impregnated in the material. So it's a real advance because it helps actually remove the disease from the air. And it works on viruses, fungi, bacteria, everything. So kudos. Yes. Well, that was a very, very scientific discussion. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You are listening to WOR 710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting 
protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We have as our guest today somebody that you all probably need to talk to. <laughs> He's Dr. Fawad Mian. He's a neurologist and a pain relief specialist, and he also helps people sleep. And he's got some cutting-edge technologies that he uses to try to help people avoid surgery, which is so important. So welcome, Dr. Mian. I'm a neurologist by trade, and I started my own practice about uh, 10 years ago here in the West Orange area. And I saw a lot of people in pain at the time. And I was treating with traditional medications, traditional injections. And some people would get better than some people would not. Around the same time, I was also having some of my own issues as well. Of course, I already had surgeries in the past for different things, including my, my knee, which I tore up in med school. And uh, I had it surgically repaired. Um, I didn't want any more surgery at that point. At the same time, I also had a shoulder issue. And I was told, you know what? You may need to shave the bone down for them to get better. I don't like if don't really need the bones in your body for anything. You know, they're not quite as important as you thought they were. It's a, it's a little daunting to like hear that from like another doctor. Well, we got to shave this down. And you know, when I had my Achilles pain, the basically the surgeon was like, well, maybe we shave the bone down too. It might be a little bit better and reattach it. That wasn't very appealing to me. So I wanted to look for different alternatives for treatment that brought me to regenerative medicine. What regenerative medicine is really is just basically getting your body's own power to help heal itself. And there's a different spectrum with that that includes things such as prolotherapy, platelet-rich plasma, and autologous stem cells too as well. Years ago, I implemented a lot of the prolotherapy and platelet-rich plasma into my practice, and I've seen pretty good results for a lot of folks also including myself. So I was able to avoid surgery. As we've gone on with things, we've been looking more into like diet, nutritional, functional movement, looking at nerves, just to really comprehensively treat somebody and making sure that they're at their optimal health. You do that first, but if it doesn't work on somebody for whatever reason, then you will tell them you probably need surgery. But this is what you do to avoid surgery if you can, right? Right. And this is basically, you know, an alternative for that. So as I've told many patients in the past, you know, sometimes surgery is needed. Sometimes you really do need it. And there really is no alternative besides that. And I've had plenty of patients like that too. But there are plenty of times when patients are told, well, it's either these uh, steroid shots or surgery, and that's it. It's really not it. There are really other treatments that are out there that can definitely help those folks to prevent them going to surgery. And a lot of times those surgeries may not even be necessary at that point. Pain treatments have really evolved a lot. It used to be most of the pain treatments were really injections, different types of drugs. And now the arsenal has greatly widened to different types of holistic treatments. Really pain, though, is the transference of neurons back and forth between the affected areas and the brain. In terms of treating pain, what are sort of the categories of different kinds of treatments that you would look to when you're treating a patient? You know, one of the most basic things is what you're doing right now. So if somebody came to me and said, you know what, I have had this knee pain for the last several months, and I'll ask them, okay, well, what have you done? Well, I've taken some Tylenol, maybe some um, over-the-counter medications, stuff like that, but it's not 
not really helping. And, and I'll ask, you know, have you done anything else? And a lot of times it may just be no. So the very first thing would be physical therapy, because as you know, a lot of people can just get better by doing physical therapy. Not everybody, but a lot of people can. If it's a simple, cheap and effective way of making somebody better, then that's great. If they're not really progressing past physical therapy, you know, then there are other things too as well. There, there's acupuncture that's out there that I do refer a lot of folks to as well. In the insurance-based model, you know, there's also the cortisone injections, which I kind of shy away from to a certain extent as well, because they can also lead to a lot of problems. So there's a time and place for, for cortisone for various different body parts, but in joints, typically you don't want to put them in because they, they're catabolic and they destroy joints over time. And those are injections that are done superficially and deeply around the nerves. So sometimes nerves are just caught. So for instance, I'll tell you, you know, I do lots of ultrasound and carpal tunnel injections all the time. So instead of that person going to surgery, I can visualize the nerve underneath ultrasound and I can go in there with an injection and loosen the nerve and decrease the inflammation. And then for other body parts, like for instance, such as a back, there are different types of regenerative epidurals that can be done. There's also prolotherapy, PRP and stem cells that can be utilized for that too as well. So are there any preventative treatments that you offer people, you know, say they work out a lot, say they're a weekend warrior, say they're just looking to stay ahead of, you know, being healthy. What do you offer from a preventative standpoint for those folks who aren't necessarily experiencing pain, but are trying to stay ahead of potentially getting hurt? Yeah, that's a great question. So, and actually it comes down to some very basic things. So whenever I, I look at somebody, one of the most basic things you've heard of is, you know, how well hydrated are you? A lot of people, honestly, are not very well hydrated when I see them come in. Is there a number of glasses of water you should drink a day? Or? Well, in general, there's that old adage, you know, drink eight glasses of water a day. But honestly, for some people, they mean more, they mean less. For me, I've, you know, I'm somebody who's had kidney stones in the past, unfortunately, twice, which is extremely painful. So for me, my hydration is like, I drink a lot of water. And if I don't drink a certain amount, and it's way past eight glasses of water a day, then I feel dehydrated, my mouth is dry, lips get dry. So clinically, when I look at people, I'll look at, you know, what does their skin look like? What do their lips look like? And, you know, it's also like diet nutrition, what are you eating? You know, and a lot of people sometimes think what they're eating is, you know, nutritional, uh, but you know, and some folks, for instance, they may have sensitivities to um, things like wheat. It may not be like celiac disease, but they may be sensitive to wheat. They may have chronic aches and pains and never know that that's the problem. Or dairy, for instance. So these are just some very basic things that I go over with. So there's supplementation too as well. So if you can just really get those people to do just some of those few things, that can be really preventative in terms of having those injuries and those pain symptoms later on. So what is the most common advice that you give to your patients who come to you? Well, the most common thing is I really want them to really adopt a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't just have to involve pills or, or prescriptions and things like that. It's really just getting them to make sure, are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting the proper sleep? Are you de-stressing? Are you getting exercise? Are you eating the right kinds of things? That's really what I want to focus on when people come in the office because that can take care of a lot of ills. And you have a book. It's called Getting to Pain-Free, which recently came out a couple of weeks ago. And then it was actually able to reach number one bestseller in several different categories. Like I saw that. It's, you know, it takes a little deeper dive into regenerative medicine, into the issues that I've gone through and gives some, you know, some dietary advice. And it's a good guide for people to see, well, you know, if I really have these, these chronic issues, you know, are there other alternatives out there? And I'm hoping, you know, that book will be like a, a good springboard for people. Exactly. So we're coming to the end of our time here, but how do people <laughs> get a hold of you? They can... Uh, always call the office. We're here in West Orange. So our number is 973-928-3288. And you can also get more information by going on to www.polyhealing.com. 
Um, and there's also our Facebook page as well, which has a lot of content on that, which can be very useful. Wonderful. Thank you. You're listening to WOR 710, The Voice of New York with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show, and our special guest, Dr. Fawad Mian. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We are having sort of a health-oriented program this evening, so we hope you'll find it interesting. And if you've missed any of the program so far, you can always hear it on our podcast, which will come out tomorrow. That's available on iTunes and the iHeart podcast station and wherever podcasts are found. And you can also find it on our website and also on our YouTube channel. So coming up next, we have a presenter. Her name is Kelly Marzoli. Kelly, you have two minutes. Go. All right. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And it's important that we talk about mental health, especially facing the psychosocial repercussions of COVID right now with isolation. So we started Mental Health Global Network in order to prioritize mental health on an equivalent level to physical health. When our bodies are weary, we're willing to see a doctor and you know we receive a lot of social support. So why is it so hard to do that for our brains? And so how we prioritize mental health is through educational programming. And we also created a mental health first aid kit. So we basically noticed that most school systems include physical education and physical health classes, yet we're lacking mental health education at large in our schools. And growing up, I never really learned about it. And I was unaware until I actually lost a good friend to suicide. Um, And that's kind of what put me on the path. I was called to action um, to do something because so many people are suffering in silence. And so we teach a course kind of like CPR, mental health issues, that teaches individuals how to help someone who's struggling and also how to refer them to professional help and what does treatment look like. And as we were teaching our courses, we were doing them in person, but due to COVID, now we've brought the course online. We offer it to the public once a week, and then we also plan trainings with companies and schools. And we just kept talking about how we wish we had more tangible resources to give to people. Like we can give them a link, we can give them you know, psychologists to refer to, but to actually have something physical to start the conversation about mental health. So we created a mental health first aid kit that has nine coping tools for mental health issues. And every item in the kit helps ease sensory overload, anxiety, and stress. And basically, you know, it's not a guaranteed solution to mental health issues, but it can certainly start the conversation and normalize these issues 
Um, and then each tool can be used as a meditation device as well. So happy you're doing this. Uh, mental health is obviously a key to a happy and fulfilling life. But how do you define mental health? What is mental health? Well, mental health is a key component of what makes us well. Our mental health refers to our feelings, emotions, and behaviors. Is it happiness or is it satisfaction or is it emotional resiliency? How would you describe a mentally healthy person? Well, our mental health ranges from being healthy to being in a state of crisis. And in between that mental health, we see uh, stress and struggling. Stress is normal. So someone who's mentally healthy can live a fulfilling life, can contribute to their community and, you know, has normal functioning in general. Um, It's not necessarily happiness because that's something hard to measure. Um, And every day is different for every person. And it takes a proactive effort through self-care, as well as, you know, working with a therapist. You don't have to have something wrong for you to seek help and to work through just like being a human being. Like we all have to figure out who we are and we have essentially a lifetime to do that. Mental health, positive mental health is about functioning in society. Well, I agree with you that there are times for everybody when they really need somebody impartial to talk to. Like you can't really tell your mom, I'm feeling sad. My, my mom would have said, oh, don't be sad, cheer up. Maybe it's something she's doing that I can't talk to anybody else about. So I, I do think that there is a real serious place for this. And Dr. Mian, did you have a comment on this? I think, you know, Kelly, what you guys are doing is great, but question I did have is do you guys have like um, like health coaches or whatnot to sometimes help guide? Yeah, of course. Um, so we have some psychologists that we refer to directly that work with us. And then all of our instructors who teach courses are trained by the National Council for Behavioral Health. Um, so it is a standardized curriculum that we teach. And it definitely is challenging. The people that we train become brain allies, what we like to call them. So they're community members that have more information than the general public. But it definitely is tricky finding the right people to refer out. And then once we do refer people out, will those individuals actually seek the treatment that they need and follow through? You can lead a horse to water. Will they drink? But, you know, it takes a constant effort. And the first step is just normalizing it. It's normal to get help. The Global Health Network's mission is to normalize taking steps to make sure that you're the optimum person you can be. And so aside from providing these tools, do you do any external messaging, any PR around these principles? A lot of the work that we do is on Instagram. We do shared lives with psychologists, authors of mental health related books. And then on a constant basis, we're posting information about mental health. So we have to lead with information. The more people know, the better suited they are to help. And also that's how we destigmatize topic. Stigma is a pervasive barrier that prevents individuals from engaging in mental health care. So when we correct these misconceptions that are negative, then we can encourage people to get help. So how are you going to measure the success of your project? Have you had any cases that you were consider your project has been successful in making a difference? Yeah, it's the little things for sure. We have people message us all the time that ask for help or personal stories. And I've even seen people that I know that are reaching out to the account, not necessarily knowing that, um, you know, I'm hands on with it. And so that that really makes me feel good that those people are being touched by this. But honestly, there's no way to measure it. We just have to keep going and we'll be yes people for anything that we're asked to do and our biggest win to date was we did a whole school district we did kits for them and I love that because if a teacher announces that she has a mental health first aid kit 
maybe those students would feel comfortable confiding in that teacher or acknowledge it. We deal with that all the time where, you know, caregivers really need that kind of support. It's a difficult situation. Yeah, I'd just like to say we all feel the tragedy of a young person killing themselves. And if you can prevent one suicide, then you've done an amazing job. Thank you. That's the goal. You're absolutely welcome. Kelly, where can people find you again? MHGN.org. Great. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back after this announcement. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And Kenya Gibson now is going to present us with our segment, Cultivate. So Kenya, what's on the agenda for this Cultivate session? Interestingly enough, we've been talking about neurowellness. We've been talking about mental health. And I feel like it all kind of comes together with who we're going to talk about today, which is Kanye West. He's back in the news as usual. He has these spurts and these outbursts that definitely make us question his mental well-being. But what I will say about Kanye without diluting him too much, because obviously there's something very serious that's going on there that we should definitely all be paying attention to. And I hope that his family members are paying attention to that is he is quite the creative genius. And and one of the reasons why I thought he was good to talk about today, not just because he's trending, but he's really also been one of those great contributors to the culture, whether you take it in a negative or you take it in a positive way, right? He, he's always found a way to market himself very well. He recently did a deal with the Gap for his Yeezy collection. And I don't know, many people know this about Kanye West, but Kanye West used to work for the Gap. It was one of his first jobs in retail back before Mm -hmm. he was who he is today. So interestingly enough, full circle, it's come around and he has struck a gazillion dollar deal with the Gap. And what I noticed yesterday is he had threatened to pull away from that deal and stocks actually shot down, which makes me think there may not be as much of a negative perception about what he portrays in the media as people may be perceiving, right? Because you see, you look at the deal, you see, oh, maybe if he pulls away, it's probably a better brand image for the Gap. But in hindsight investors see that it's problematic. So it it made me think a little bit of just about who he is as a person, you know, what he's been bringing to the table as far as controversy, but how he's been very good at using that and flipping it on its head to really kind of create these moments for himself in marketing, which I think is a little bit of creative genius. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so you're in the entertainment business. And so you understand that a huge part of entertainment is drawing attention to yourself. And there are some people who just seem to have that knack 
And it's usually, quite honestly, some of the most outrageous people, but they keep themselves in the press by being constantly controversial. And that's the game. So just looking at the way he talks, there does seem to be something that is a little different about him, chemically maybe, than other people. But he is obviously able to capitalize on his ability to keep himself constantly in the news. But honestly, I feel like he went a little too far this time. I don't feel like all exposure is good exposure. And having your adult child here that you never wanted them is really horrible. I agree a thousand percent. You know, again, I think that's where the whole mental wellness comes into play, right? Because I think cognitively, obviously something's going on there because judgment wise, he doesn't always make the best judgments when he makes certain statements. I will say though, the fact that he's managed to align himself with one of the world's most famous families, right? And really kind of took his career, which became dismal at one time and resurrected it by leveraging their platforms and and everything that he's done in the fashion lane. Says a lot about the fact that he's kind of brilliant and he definitely has something going on at the same side. He's really good at leveraging that creativity. I just hope for Kanye's sake that he has people around him that love him enough to, you know, get the help that he needs. Because I I think if you're able to kind of clean all that up and round it out, you have a pretty substantial human being there that could be a real great contributor if he learns how to do it in a positive way. But I, you know, going back to the comment about his kid, whether that was the chemical side of his brain talking or it was the self-promotion side, you have to be intensely selfish person to say something like that in public about a family member. And I've never met him. I don't know him. But, you know, to say something like that, that because when he's saying that he has to know what's going to happen he's experienced enough he knows that that's going to generate controversy and so if he is a genius he knows what he's saying but to put his family well-being at risk for a few minutes of fame to me is very disturbing i wonder though from the mental health aspect of things though is it coming from a place of somebody being emotionally caught up in the moment and wanting to be expressive or is it a real what we call on the culture of clout chase, right? So it's interesting because you see these videos, you see these clips, you see how emotional he becomes. You know, and I think there's people who can fake that, but at the same time, I think, and I'm not a doctor, and Dr. Mian, you can correct me (laughs) if I'm I'm, kind of jumping out the window here a little bit, but I think he comes from a very passionate place. And sometimes, you know, that gets misconstrued. Not to take away from the fact that you should be responsible and you should not be making, I mean, he's made a lot of other statements too that have been like way out the the window. That I'm like, okay, someone should have pulled the plug on him a long time ago. But I think for the most part, he comes from a humanistic place where I think he gets caught up in his emotions and he's in the moment and then things come out and then it's like, oh God, how do I take that back? Well, I was going to say, I kind of wonder if he gets caught up in the moment or some of this, you know, like you were saying, is that some of this contrived to as well? Because you see people in the media, just whether there are multiple people involved in, in doing something and saying something outlandish or outrageous, is that, is that part of it in addition to what you were saying or he's an emotional guy as you've seen? Who knows? You don't so, know. So on that note, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but, we'll find out. But you're right, Kenya. You're right, Kenya. Like this show is about entrepreneurs and intellectual property and his branding is through the roof and his marketing mm-hmm. is through the roof. And I wish I could get my business like that. <laughs> so I don't but think I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that about the kids. I'm not to be like him. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not. Without the drama. The other stuff. Yeah. So speaking of things that are working well, 
So I'm going to talk a little bit about Fireside just for a minute. So I do want to say it's kind of funny because the remaining speakers with Dr. Mian, Heidi, and Heather have all done interviews with me for Fireside. And I think I posted Heidi's, but I have to finish processing the other two. It's moving along. I'm getting new interviews every week. And I filed my LLC. I'm kind of figuring out now some of the aspects of how the infrastructure is going to work and intellectual property ownership and all that stuff. So it's plugging along and I'm just having so much fun talking to people and doing these interviews. There's so many great businesses and smart people out there. So having the time of my life, even with COVID. (laughs) So our next presenter is somebody I met at a networking thing. She has a really intense story. I'm not going to spoil it by saying anything about it. Her name is Heather Kavaternik. Welcome, Heather. So give us your two minutes and tell us your story. By trade, I'm a master esthetician and I have been for 30 years. And I was, as part of that, I was also a makeup artist. It goes kind of hand in hand, skincare and makeup. But about 10 years ago, almost exactly 10 years ago in August, through the result of my own trauma, I became my own client. And what I mean by that is I survived a very violent attack by a stalker. He left me for dead. The doctors don't know why I survived. I should have lost this eye. I have scars on my face that I had to heal, not to mention the the mental trauma. Um, I was diagnosed with severe PTSD And along with that goes depression and anxiety and a lot of other things. And I had two choices. I could either do what most people said, just kind of lay down and play dead and just just go on disability the rest of their life. And I couldn't do that. God had kept me alive for a reason. And I embraced that and I embraced the reason. And I, I saw what I was able to do with my own face, my own scars, And my own changed mental health, my own self-image, which is a huge part of it because it's not just scars. And as a result of that, I have a skincare and a makeup line. And the makeup line is also skincare that I can cover. I can help any woman to not only accept who she is, but also to play up the features she has and play down the features that, that she wants to play up and play down the features she wants to hide or draw attention away from. And I do it all with color and different coverage formulas. And it's also very active. So it's very healing. Right. So you've covered your own scars. That's where you started, right? You looked in the mirror and you said, I am not going to let this guy destroy my life. I'm taking my life back and I'm going to do something with what he did to me and make my life even better and got you on this path with the whole special makeup to cover scars and imperfections. And you look beautiful. Like you, I was going to say you are beautiful lady. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But you're very customized, right? And you are doing things remotely with COVID now, right? I'm very customized. I custom blend everything I do as far as the makeup, the colors are behind me and the actives and whatnot. And I customize it from scratch. So, so literally I can look at all y'all's skin tones. It was really easy when I had a brick and mortar up until a few months ago when the quarantine set in and my industry in my state, Virginia is still shut down. I can't, I can't take clients. So I had to shift or I had to just lose my business. So I shifted so I can, I can look at y'all's skin and I have been because that's what I do. And I can custom blend entirely to either match your skin, color correct your skin, and then we would get more personal with what kind of coverage you want. I can cover a port wine stain, I can color match to blend away vitiligo, I can cover a tattoo, completely customize it to what you need. And as a woman, it's not even just the skin conditions or the scars. I have so many women say, well, I just hate my blotchiness or my surface veins and capillary. They think it's veins, it's 
capillaries or my sun damage. And so it really comes down to self-image and I can do, I take the challenge and I can do pretty much anybody's face. Heather, are you seeing people virtually now? I am. I you am. are. Okay. So have you ever thought of writing a book? or sharing your story that way? I have and I am. And it's just a matter of, I wear so many hats. I'm also raising my toddler grand princess. She'll be two years in just a couple months. I wear so many hats right now that my book somehow always gets pushed to the back. However, my story, I have learned and it's been painful, but I've learned to embrace it. And that's how I relate to my clients. It's no longer a matter of, well, Heather, you're beautiful. So you wouldn't understand it's no, I have scars I can show you and they then know I do understand. I always lead with compassion. So you are able to analyze people remotely. So you can do sessions with people on Zoom and ask them questions and figure out what they need. And then when quarantine's over, people can come and see you in Virginia, right? If they want We're to. working on that. I am visioning my brick and mortar. I've chosen it. I'm visioning it into reality. And, and I told Elizabeth when she interviewed me that in January is my projected opening date. So you're doing the virtual consults. Are you doing it? Do you do any like tutorials? Are you teaching people too, like about application? Because I feel like that is like the biggest thing with people. Like you can give people the best products, but if they don't know how to work with it. it I want to say yes. I'm working on it. I did, I did a, my first skincare tutorial the other night on Zoom, actually. I was so, I go back 30 years as an esthetician, master esthetician, and everything was brick and mortar. I knew nothing about computers. So I, I actually signed up for a course to teach me how to do all that. And I'm learning. So yes, that is, that is the plan. And I'm fast tracking it. I just am blown away by you, Heather, honestly, and by our next presenter as well. Like this has just been such an amazing show. So you are listening to WOR 710, iHeartRadio, The Voice of New York, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, and our special guest, Dr. Fawad Mian. And we'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Business, contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearheart. Our final presenter this evening is Heidi Rome from the company Mom Spectrum Oasis. So Heidi, you have two minutes. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and especially to follow your prior guest. Heather, I was so impressed in terms of survival and, and coming out the other side because my story is very similar. Uh, I am an autism mom coach, the author of You Just Have to Love Me, Mothering Instructions for My Autistic Child, because my story is that with the diagnosis of my younger son, Ethan, who's now 14 with autism when he was under two, my life changed and it was a very 
hard, difficult journey. And so much of the pain of the diagnosis was everything emotionally and the change in the story, the change in the script of what should have been the dream the future relationship you envision with your perfect child and then to have the rug pulled out from under you and suddenly you're on another planet and it's, it's pretty horrible terrain. So you have to adapt. So it's been a tough journey. I've learned a tremendous amount as far as logistically and, and detail and speaking with every doctor and speaking with the teachers and looking at every emotional, uh, emotional, that too, educational approach. Uh, medical therapeutic approaches, everything. And it's been a, a long journey with Ethan, who has severe autism. This is not what is often portrayed in the media, you know, the, the good doctor and the surgeon and, and the, the brilliant people and, and Einstein and Van Gogh and all these people who you hear, oh, I think they were on the spectrum. My son is on the other side of the spectrum, nonverbal, uh, dysregulated behaviors, it, very difficult to be with him. However, you said, what kept you going? And for me, it was a change in the story that was pretty profound. One of the blessings of my son's uh, prior schools was that they offered something called facilitated communication, which is a spelling to communicate technique using it. The teacher is providing pressure to resist the, the child or the person has to resist uh, someone's hand so that it helps the brain sync up with the hand, oh, there's my hand, and access the intentionality of what to express. Similar to when you pick up a pen, you may not know every word that's about to come out of your hand, but you're syncing your brain with the communication center, okay, we're gonna provide the environment for that to happen. So this technique empowered that in Ethan, and a child who I had taken him all over New York and you know, getting him tested, and when he was five years old, it came out that he, the testing said that intellectually he was so disabled, he was at the level of a five-month-old child, and I cried for a week after that. It was, it was a horrible time. This was a kid who you really thought was very profoundly um, impacted uh, intellectually. Through the typing, however, we saw that there was this profound intellect that was locked into Ethan, and he was typing incredible things. And this one conversation, and Elizabeth has heard the whole thing, but in this conversation, Ethan describes his experience of his own autism as a spiritual journey. And in that communication in which I just said to him, you know, I never asked you your thoughts about God, he typed... God is in my heart and will always protect me. Well, did he tell you that? Yes, when I lived in heaven, he told me that. I remember a time without bodies. In heaven, there are no bodies, just spectacular energy. And he went on to say that we were family before and that he chose to come here and have many challenges. And when I said, why? I will be greatly rewarded in eternity. And ultimately, when I said to him, what can we do to help you on the journey his first response was, I have to fulfill my journey as prescribed by God. But that wasn't good enough because I'm his mother. But what can we do to help you on your journey? You just have to love me. And that is your job. The rest is my job to do. And with those words, Ethan gave me, gave every autism mom, gave every mother, every father, every parent, he took us off the hook because now our job was not to fix him, change him, heal him, 
oh my God, running around literally anywhere, following any shiny object, you might help my son, you might help my son, you might help my son. I stepped back and I said, how can I love him? And I looked at that, it wasn't about changing him, it was to meet him where he is. What is the definition of love? What do you need? I'm always here for you. No matter what, no matter when, always, no questions asked, I'm here. That is the definition of love. It's how God defines his own name in the Bible. It's how, you know, love is love is love. Love is the matrix of all reality. And what I now guide moms, I learned all the practical stuff, very practical advice. But emotionally, what's your North Star? When you don't know what to do with your child, with anyone in your life, what do I do right now? Choose not to act from the reactive fear place. Choose love. What would love look like right now? What do you need right now? How can I love you right now? And often, how can I love myself right now? Because this is a critical piece of this journey. It's so easy for us parents. It's all about the child. Never mind me. Well, wait. It's love thy neighbor as thyself. And we know medically, the doctor, I hope, will corroborate the heart actually pumps blood to itself first before it pumps blood out to the rest of the body because it must be oxygenated and nourished and strong so that it can do its job and feed 37 trillion cells of your body. It has to be strong first. So I guide moms, love you, be that role model for your child. It's in loving and nourishing and protecting and honoring yourself that you love and nourish and honor and protect your child because your child sees all that in you. Absolutely, Heidi. And I just love talking to you because I felt so much better. Like, oh, wow, all those screw-ups I did, well, it's probably okay. (laughs) My kids turned out great anyway. I, I would just say what a powerful testament, you know, from a child because, and I think we can learn a lot from children, right? I think they're the most authentic and transparent beings here, right? Because they always tell the truth about everything. So when it comes from a child, it's it's just, I feel like it comes from a different place. And I just want to say how uh, impressed I am that you were able as a mom, because I'm a mom, right? I have two kids to take something that positions itself as a hindrance to your child and really turns it around to positively impact other people. I think it's not always easy to do that. So I just wanted to say, I, I admire that because I, I don't know that I would have had the same strength to do something like that. Yeah, the experience must Thank have you. been so freeing to uh-huh. find faith and have the message come from your child, almost, mom, don't worry about me. I'll be fine and just love me. And how difficult being a parent is already, but with also the extra challenges of autism and to have that freedom now. We're so glad that you've written a book and shared this story with other people so that hopefully they can come to the same place that you have. Thank you so much. Well, one of the things that I do, and the other guests have talked to this, the power of your own mind, to look at your own beliefs beliefs around something, because that's often where the suffering is, that that the autism is the autism, the challenge is the challenge, but we distinguish between what that is and the emotional response to the challenge. If you look at autism and you say you believe in the societal narrative, it's a tragedy, this is awful, this is terrible, fix it. And your job, mom, by the way, good mother, is to fix it and make it go away. If you question that, you say, wait a second, let me step back. Who says that? 
who, who is telling me that? Whose message is that? What if it's not a tragedy? What if I choose through love to view it as a challenge, as an opportunity, as a way to demonstrate who will I be in the face of a challenge? Will I be a puddle on the floor? Or will I be that conqueror? Will I be that mama bear? Will I be the one who says, I will find a way? And this is an opportunity then, because yes, it is very challenging every moment of every day, but I get to choose who I am. And if I'm the hero of my own journey, I will have a different life experience than if I choose otherwise. You know, it's also a very powerful story. And just to jump and jump on what you're saying, Heidi, you know, we are, you know, sometimes can be prisoners of our own beliefs. So if we already have that focused, hyper-focused narrative, we can't think outside of the box. And as you said, you know, loving yourself and loving your son, it makes things so much better around you. And exactly. When I calm down, Ethan, calm down. I guess part of the message is that it really, it's a message for all parents. And actually in any loving relationship, think twice if you're thinking you need to change somebody. That's not going to be the path to a healthy relationship. You know, honor them where they are, meet them where they are, presume competence, assume everyone understands everything, never think someone is not listening or not caring or not aware, you know, assume they hear it all and give every human being the dignity that they're worthy of as just being a human being. And so Heidi, where can people reach you again? You can go to my website, Mom's Spectrum Oasis. You can get my book, You Just Have to Love Me on Amazon. And you can set up a call with me if you'd like to just speak with me. Go to bit.ly, <laughs> callwithheidi.com. We'll be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. A very powerful show this evening, I thought. Absolutely fantastic guests and very deep on a lot of issues. Very deep. Just shows the courage and survival of the human spirit and how we take lemons and make lemonade like everybody's doing during COVID, right? I mean, it's amazing what people can do. It's just like it blows me away. And my problems seem minor compared to when I talk to other people. Before we go, Dr. Mian, do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? Well, I just want to say thank you for, again, on the show. I think a lot of the stories that we heard today were, were very powerful. And you know, if we just take you know, some lessons from that, the power of the mind is, is a very strong thing. It affects and permeates everything in our body to a relationship around us. So it's always very important to make sure that we have positive thoughts and everybody that we interact with and everybody else, because that's going to help your overall health in the long run. 
Great. Kenya? Well, I just want to say I, I felt like this show and this conversation just blended together so well with everybody who came on here today. I really enjoyed hearing everyone's story and it was everyone just had such a powerful contribution. So I appreciate being a part of the conversation. We love having you. So I want to reiterate how you can get a hold of everybody. Kenya, who just spoke, you can reach her at Kenya Gibson with a P, Gip at iheartmedia.com. She can help you with any marketing needs. And we have Richard from Gearheart Law, who patents, trademarks, copyrights. Dr. Fawad Mian at prolohealing.com. So he's the guy you go to first before you do anything else if you've got pain, because he can help maybe help heal it without drastic measures. Then we had Kelly Marzoli with mentalhealthglobalnetwork.com. She's trying to bring mental health out of the closet, shall we say, and make it online with physical health so people don't feel stigmatized. I'm going to call her right after the show, by the way. (laughs) And then we had Heather Kavadernick with holisticallybeautiful.com, W-H-O-listicallybeautiful.com. There's a W. So she can take a look at you. She can do this remotely, and she'll be doing it in a studio after COVID. And help you not only with your makeup, but with your skincare under your makeup so that you can look your best. And if you've got like some blemish that you really want to hide, she can do that too. Yeah, she's beautiful inside and out. Yes, she is. But I love that she can cover up port wine stains, scars, like capillaries, like all that stuff we suffer with and criticize ourselves for. (laughs) Um, And then we had Heidi Rome, who has written an amazing book. And the name of her book is... You just have to love me. Mothering instructions from my autistic child. And the wisdom that she imparts in that book to everyone is just amazing. We love her. And you can find her at, she actually, the name of her company is momsspectrumoasis.com. So M-O-M-S spectrumoasis.com. So I hope that you'll visit everybody's sites. I feel a little bit more loved after listening to her. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. Perfect. (laughs) So you are listening to Passage to Profit, WR710, another excellent show. Oh, before we sign off, tune in next week because we'll have another great show. I don't know how we taught this one, but we always have great shows because of the people that we get. Thank you guys. Noah Fleischman. (laughs) I always have to give him a shout out. He is our producer at iHeart. We used to go into the studio. He would record everything on his really high-end equipment and tweak it as we were doing the show. And now he has to take these Zoom videos and take the audio and make it good enough to go on radio in New York. So thank you, Noah, for your magic. Yeah, we really have to pander to him to make sure he does it. (laughs) Anyway, you've been listening to Passage to Profit. Don't forget to like us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and check out our new YouTube channel as well. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on WOR. R710, the voice of New York.